0: Some people like to learn what companies are doing in the blockchain space. Some people do not. We are in that first group, and that's why we do these Crypto Spotlight episodes. Today, you're going to hear from three companies that intend to disrupt, transform, and otherwise make an impact in their niche by creating unique functional utility on the blockchain so take a journey with us it's going to be a magical journey packed with rainbows unicorns puppy dogs kitty cats ice cream cupcakes and glitter bombs and if that doesn't make you want to listen i don't know what will it's a sponsored crypto spotlight edition of the bad crypto podcast
1: rainbows unicorns puppy dogs kitty cats ice cream cupcakes and glitter bombs only included in your imagination your mileage may vary not applicable in all states Uh
0: but I was promised ice cream and cupcakes. Mm. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Mr. Jocom. I mean, use your imagination. You can have it if you like
0: In my imagination, there are rainbows and unicorns and puppies and glitter bombs. And it's the Bad Crypto Podcast where these things become a reality in your imagination.
1: Look at me, and you'll see a world of pure imagination.
0: I'm still gearing up to be uh, my Willy Wonka. I've got the wig now. Uh, I have, yeah, I have the um, the the ja- the overcoat and the oh. vest. Um, I have the pants. I have that hat, and I just got the wig. But the funny thing is, when you put the wig on the hat doesn't really fit so i i might go wigless i might be just say uh silver fox willy wonka instead
1: well maybe what you want to do
0: is get a bigger hat or a smaller, wig. Or a smaller <laughs> wig one of the two one of the two and i still and need I, to get a cane you got to get a cane yeah that too
1: very good that's going to be hilarious and now i'm sad that i'm you know I have no costume yet, but I'll figure it out. I got got a month or so.
0: Yeah, this is for World Crypticon in Las Vegas. In case you haven't gotten your tickets yet, why not? If you're going to go to one event this year, this is the one to go to October 31st through November 2nd at the Aria Hotel. Go to worldcrypticon.co forward slash bad, and you can join us there. We're going to be emceeing the event, having a great time. And, of course, the first night is the Halloween party the crypto wean party and they'll be crypto wieners
1: <laughs> that's gonna be fun i mean i'm excited about that and actually over the course of this next uh i guess in about 10 days i'll be heading to the mediterranean on the coins bank cruise where there'll be a whole lot of awesome people there and adam from world CryptoCon, the founder of that he's going to come along and we are going to uh, create some videos and do some interviews of some of the other speakers there that are going to be on the crew. So that will be fun as well to kind of ramp up for World CryptoCon.
0: It's going to be fabulous. Fabulous. And this is our sponsored Crypto Spotlight Edition. We've got several companies that we're going to introduce you to today. Uh, and I would say that 90% of our audience listens to these crypto spotlight editions but there's about 10 percent of you you know who you are that are like "Eh, i don't want to hear what these icos are doing and you know because this is a sponsored show these are just infomercials you know what if you want to look at it that way that's fine we don't look at it that way at all we're like these are companies that are intending to revolutionize their particular industry and these are just their startups That's what this is. Doing an ICO is just a different and some would say a better way of raising the funds that you need to start a company.
1: So true. And, you know, as they say, a lot of startups in the traditional world of investing, I mean, how many billions and billions of dollars have been invested into regular startups through venture capital and, you know, angel capital and whatnot who have failed? Yeah. And so, you know what? There are in the startup land that happens. Not all businesses are successful. However, we make a very good point to vet all the projects that come on, and they have a pretty good shot of being very successful. So we're glad to have them on the show. They're doing really cool stuff. And as Joel mentioned, we like to talk about projects that are doing cool stuff with cool technologies, and these are three companies today that are doing very interesting stuff, very unique stuff on the blockchain.
0: Ultimately, it always comes down with any business to your execution. You know, do you pull off that which you intend to do? And this is why we talked to them about the, uh, the the T's of ICOs, Tech, Timeline, Team, Tokenomics, Traction, Tribe, and Travis, which I still mm-hmm. don't know what the Travis T is, but it's a Travis T. It
1: is a Travis <laughs> T. Travis
0: And it is true that we vet these companies, and once they pass the test with our team, say, yes, we will interview you, then they do compensate us for these interviews here. And so we are being compensated for everything you're going to hear today. We are not making any recommendations. We never do. We're not financial advisors, and we'll never be financial advisors. Go do your own due diligence. Don't invest. We're not allowed by law, and never invest more in anything then you can afford to lose, especially in the crypto world, because yeah, you could lose everything and that might not make you happy. So be, we want you to be happy. Don't, don't be a loser. Yeah. Don't be a loser. You have to keep listening and then you'll be a winner. So here we go. Let's all win. Thank you. The healthcare industry is massive, which is why there was so much contention over socializing healthcare in the United States and is still a point of contention. And some would say one of the reasons why prices are so high is that insurance companies don't tend to cover as much as uh, you think you would. But the whole all the paperwork, everything that goes into filing claims and preventing fraud and and giving consumers control is a a big deal. And if there could be a blockchain solution that could help facilitate that, just imagine how that might work. Well, you don't have to imagine because we have a couple gentlemen here who are going to tell us how they intend to do precisely this with their company, BluePass. It's B-L-U-P-A-S-S. And with us, we have Sean Stevens, the CEO, and Ray Keach, the COO. Gentlemen, welcome to the Republic of Bad Cryptopia.
2: Welcome. Thank you, sir.
0: We're glad that you're here. Uh, Why don't you just kick us off here by telling us, uh, maybe elaborating on the problems in the the area of claims and fraud and everything that has to do with insurance.
2: What we have found are the the transactions in healthcare are just atrocious! So imagine if you went to Starbucks today and you ordered a cup of coffee, and they they couldn't give you a bill. They they told you, "Well, we're going to have to find out what the price of coffee beans are at this minute, and then we're going to have to find out what the cost of fuel is, and the paper cost for the cups, and the plastic cost for the stirs. And how about 120 days from now, we'll send you a bill for that cup of coffee? How many folks would would be buying coffee? You wouldn't. But that's exactly what we put up with healthcare. You go into your doctor's office and you have a procedure done. Uh, you check out at the counter and you you think you've paid your copay, but by the time the insurance is filed and and things are settled, you don't understand what your financial responsibility is, and you begin getting bills, maybe from the anesthesiologist or the hospital or other doctors that saw you as part of your treatment. And then suddenly that that small copay or the coinsurance that you thought you owed is now spiraling out of control. Not to mention on the back end for the providers who are trying to reconcile and adjudicate those claims, they have no idea what the billing will actually be. And that's what Blue Pass is solving to make that transaction uh, rapid and uh, transparent to the consumer, the provider, and the insurance company.
1: So, one of the things to me about about healthcare, and you and you sort of nailed it on the head, is that you never really know how much it's going to be ahead of time. That's a big problem, right? It's like, oh. Oh, you broke your arm. Well, you know, we don't really know exactly how much it's going to be yet, but you'll get a really big fat bill later <laughs> and you can't really go shop around to say, oh, well, my broken arm, I don't think I want to do it here because it's way too overpriced. There's no way to know that. What you guys' platform, it sounds like you're doing, is you guys are able to to sort of allow consumers to uh, really control this in a better way to facilitate their data transfers from their providers and carriers with their electronic records and claims and policy verification, all this other stuff. So this is—you guys are going to be utilizing blockchain and smart contracts to really change and optimize the whole insurance and uh, the insurance world and the whole delivery of healthcare. It sounds like. How far along are you guys uh, on this? On this platform right now how how much of the technology is already built?
3: So we we really like to break it up in, into thirds. One third was the communication between. Uh, carriers, and consumers. uh, And that uh, piece we've already built. The second third would be uh, the POS system with providers, the the electronic medical records, EHRs. Uh, We are at the beginning of that process and frankly partnering uh, with other crypto uh, entities that uh, can help together build that ecosystem. And the last piece would be the instant claim service which puts it all together and, and we are definitely at the beginning of that process
0: okay so you guys are going to be creating a token and doing an ico to uh, crowdfund this talk a little bit about the uh, the token and how it is uh, intended to work
3: so our, our token is really the key for uh, in, an individual's uh, personality in the, in the system you, due to all the HIPAA regulations and privacy, you've got to have um, a lot of control over that personal data, and that token gives them that control. There uh, are various amounts of, of EHRs and EMRs out there. all the different nodes um, have got to be accessed, and we believe um, that should come through one SQL uh, single entity um, or uh, wallet, so to speak. We can already handle uh, claims in terms of passing on the data, but now we need to be able to collect the EHR information electronically as well and uh, pass that on to a carrier instantaneously. That token is, is literally the key that unlocks um, the EMRs for uh, carriers so that we can adjudicate that claim. Uh, instead of 60 days, we can do it in 60 seconds.
1: That's huge. I mean, the time that it takes to get this stuff done now is just astronomical. It's very inefficient, and it seems like everyone has uh, an exaggerated price from the services all the way up to the pharmaceuticals, and it's just a bloated industry, right? It's always seemed very bloated. In other countries, it's much more streamlined. The price of pharmaceuticals are reasonable. They're not gouged like we are here in America where they try to take advantage of every little every little nickel they can. They try to squeeze out of these patients. And it seems to me like in America, it's not so much about health care. It's about sick care because it's really not about keeping people healthy. It's about taking care of them after they're sick and on, on their way to being dead. And uh, it's the final, the final few miles of the life. They uh, they squeeze as much as they can out and charge you as much as they can. So how does, does having you know, healthcare and insurance on the blockchain? How does that streamline prices and how does that make these uh, services more competitive in pricing? Is, that, is, is this going to help that at all? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, let
2: me let me jump in for a second because um, this is one of the things that we got really excited about. Because we're controlling the pre, the, the premium that are, that's going into to the carriers, uh, we have the data that the consumer is pushing to the carriers and providers. We, we begin to mold this big data into treatment options. So you're sitting with your provider and, and you look at treatment A costs $10,000, uh, but it's only 50% successful. Treatment B costs $5,000, but more than 85% of the patients on treatment B are making it. Um, you can make decisions based on the mortality rates and, and your wallet. So you can choose uh, better treatment modalities. Also in that is is being able to rate providers by uh, their success rates. Now, I love my doctor. My doctor is fantastic. He's thorough. But if I knew I had a better chance of surviving a terminal illness from another physician, I'll forego the bedside jokes to make sure that I live. And the more data, the more information we can push back to the consumer level to make them responsible stewards of their finances and their health, the better control we'll have over costs. Uh, I can give you a a quick example on my personal major medical plan. uh, I had to go have an MRI, and my deductible for the MRI, what I had to pay for it, was $400. And I simply used data To find uh, MRI companies that would do that MRI for less than $200. So I was able to get that MRI uh, and save my health insurance company money and myself money just by being a responsible consumer. And this gives us the data to give to the consumers so they can make those type of decisions.
3: You know, Ray, uh, that is dead on. I want to make one a little addendum here as well. In the market, uh, small providers, larger as well, spend upwards of 20 and 30 percent of their overhead in the building and records department. Um, carriers uh, just know that they're going to see in the US anywhere from 500 to 800 billion in fraud, insurance fraud, any given year, depending on what plan and, and the other idiosyncrasies involved. Um, by putting that in a blockchain environment and uh making the putting all the data together in terms of the electronic health records uh, having that pass through a geo system so that uh, a consumer uh, provides their own token unlocks that, that information hands it to the the carrier and it's adjudicated instantly we can guarantee against that fraud on the back end for the carrier and eliminate costs on the front end for, for providers so yeah you bet we we see uh rates coming down and and the consumer having more control of the process
0: clearly is not your first rodeo. What do, what experience do you guys bring in healthcare to uh, the table here to make this thing a success?
2: We uh, cut our teeth in in the, the health insurance arena uh, by growing uh, sales teams that marketed insurance to consumers and businesses, and so we have between I mean, us anywhere from you know thirteen to twenty years experience. In seeing how the the billing side of the insurance carrier to the businesses or consumers uh, was messed up, and that's where we developed our NVP product uh, HR Aspirin, and so um, that's I'll say reconcile this. This is what reconciles a consumer's premiums to an insurance carrier and, and keeps them in the know on where they're at with respect to that premium. Additionally, I uh, spent about 10 years in healthcare in emergency services, and watching folks uh, unsure of their treatment options and unsure of what they should or shouldn't have done based on treatment modalities and or finances, it, it is exhausting to see folks making decisions based on whether or not, not they can afford it as to whether or not they should receive it. I just recently had a, a friend of mine that ignored diabetes for such a long time because he was afraid of the financial impact it would have on his family, um, and he didn't address it until it was too late. Until he started having amputations, uh, which you know compounded the costs. And oh. if he had uh, if he had tackled it on the front, end, it a much much better outcome and much cheaper treatments. Uh, but that that uncertainty of not knowing. Uh, the financial obligation—it's—it's it's crippling to the
1: populations. Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about the blue token. I see some of the data on this. Is that it looks like one Ethereum gets you twenty thousand blue BLU tokens. So tell us a little bit about the ICO, when it is, how much time is left, and any other great details pertaining to that you'd like our audience to know.
3: So we're in the middle of the ICO now. It'll, it'll uh, end at the end of September, although depending on some of the, the announcements we think may come out of the SEC this month, it could affect us extending the ICO. We, we, we think there's a lot of excitement brewing in that area. Um, we have a lot of commitments right now on it, so it's that part's exciting. We did put it out at uh, one Ethereum to 20,000 blue tokens. That actually would translate it to two, two cents U.S. for a token. So if you looked in our cabinet now, that, that, that illustrates out at about 13,000 per Ethereum. But I can tell you, uh, anybody listens to this and uh, reaches out to us, we'll, we will definitely um, give them the bonus and, and pump that back to 20,000 per Ethereum. Uh, note that uh, you know the the market has gone a little bare and Ethereum is not you know worth what it was thirty days ago. We still believe that it's going to have a huge bounce back. And uh,
0: I'm really curious since you you know you mentioned the SEC rulings inevitably coming. What uh, what are your guys' feelings? Um, you know, you said it's going to be exciting. Where do you think it's going to go?
3: You know, uh, everybody's got their opinion, right? But if we if we see them moving toward uh, have taking a more formal role with with Bitcoin I think that um, the uh, the, uh, the other coins you know down the market the top 100 especially could be dramatically affected and I think ethereum will be right there with it uh, i I think now is a great time to buy I spend uh, you know a lot of my time and extra liquidity buying because I know where it's going
0: Excellent. Well, the project, once again, is BluePass, B-L-U-P-A-S-S dot com. And they've got umlauts over the U because umlauts are cool. And uh, where are you guys building your social community and where should people connect with you?
3: So uh, that's a great question. We are are on BluePass group, uh, the BluePass group on Telegram. Uh, We have a huge following on Facebook, about 90,000 followers. You can look us up on Pass. Twitter is the Blue (laughs) Pass. And uh, we have a Bitcoin uh, talk uh, campaign going right now. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, best uh, health
0: as you move forward with this project. And uh, we hope to hear more about you in the future.
3: Thanks so much. Thank you, guys.
0: The Internet of Things is a real thing that's becoming more and more of a thing as all the things in the world are getting connected. And it's really cool to see solutions and devices taking place, especially the ones that are blockchain-oriented that intend to connect us and solve very specific problems. The gentleman we have with us today has a real-time parking app that's going to work using the Internet of Things. And the Ethereum blockchain and smart contracts for a green, smart, and connected city platform. The project is called Park, P A R Q Parktoken.com is the website, and Eddie Postma, the CEO of Parkson and the Park Foundation, is with us here to talk about it today. Hey Eddie, how's it going? Uh, very good. Thank you for having me. I feel like that may have been one of my best intros ever. Did I nail it there? It's awesome.
1: I thought it was tremendous, Mr. Jolcom. It was best. Nobody does intros better than you.
0: (laughs) It was huge. So, Eddie, talk to us a little bit about the the problem uh, that, you know, you guys are trying to solve.
4: Well, uh, we want to combat uh, traffic congestion and pollution through our green, smart, and connected city platform. It uses IOTA's uh, blockchain and Ethereum blockchain, and of course, smart contracts, IoT devices, a little bit of artificial intelligence, and of course, our real-time parking app as well. And we already have a parking app running in uh, 113 different Dutch cities, which allows users to find and pay for parking spaces and showing them the closest one to their destination. So that saves them money, time, and frustration, as well as helping to reduce CO2 emissions as well. And we, we base it on a little bit of kickback for you, what we get from uh, the cities and the parking providers uh, for all the parking transactions that are activated on our cloud-based uh, solution. And we're using uh, smart, and low-priced IoT devices and a free-to-use platform for commercial parking providers and local regional and national governments to make this happen and we want to disrupt a 100 billion dollar industry uh, with that as well
1: you know i think this this sounds to me you know very interesting the solving the dilemma of parking. I mean, that could be so infuriating when you're driving around big cities trying to find a parking spot and then some jerk pulls into your parking spot and you cuss, you say lots of cuss words. Uh, so I like that, that this could maybe solve that. Now, are you going around and like putting little, you know, internet of things on each parking spot, like an RFID chip or something to know that those parking spots are available? Or how, how does that work? Because to me, that's I, I don't understand. Well, th-
4: that's a g- good one, because exactly that. We're using little, small IoT devices to make parking spots more intelligent, the way they can communicate with their back office and to our users and tell them, hey, I'm free. You can use me at this moment. So with our parking app that we have right now, you could just pay for parking. And that's cool. That's nice. The difference is between normal paying at a at a at a machine and putting coins in there. most of the times you just put coins in there uh you pay for two hours you go away after an hour and a half, and then you overpaid. Well, our parking app already fixes that so. Our users really like that. They start a parking action when they, uh, when they uh, park their car. They stop a parking o- action when they leave, so they never overpay. And most okay. of the times, you do that two hours, and you only park for an hour and a half, and you just wasted a lot of money on it. You pay 25% too much. Mm-hmm. And you already have that. But... That's what our, our users love. They don't pay too much. That's awesome. But these IoT devices make it
0: even more uh, interesting for our users. Okay, so, so what, why, why on blockchain, though? Because it sounds like you've got an app that's, you know, providing the function
4: yeah well, the blockchain is a very important for our clients and for uh, the government. The parking itself is a tax it 's parking tax and uh, and you pay it to uh, the cities so what they want every year over and over again they want to know for sure that we 're not overcharging uh, our clients or undercharging our clients, uh, because it's tax. So what they want is a way to get that information from us. Well, the old way what we do right now is we check every parking session. We give that to them as well. So they have in- information about our database. Uh, it is being checked by our administration office as well. And they sign off that we don't overcharge the tax. Well, if you put it on a blockchain, it's an open ledger. They can just run a little app, check all the parking sessions, and see if we overcharged or undercharged the, the clients. And because it's tax, you have to be right on it. it. You can't overcharge. It's a tax thing. So that's why we're using blockchain technology to put that information on an open ledger. And of course, we're using uh, Ethereum blockchain as well, because with Ethereum, you have all these tokens that are available. And if you can use them as well inside of your app, you can pay with Ethereum or a token that's uh, being made in the Ethereum blockchain. So that gives a little bit of an extra uh, compared with all the other people who can only pay with dollars or euros uh, like we have over here in
1: Europe. What I'm I'm really concerned about, though, about this is, you know, what about lovely Rita the meter maid? Like, what is she going to do for a job now?
4: (laughs) Uh, Maybe she should get a better job. Maybe so. Maybe (laughs) so. She's already
0: ensconced in history through the Beagle and everybody. That is is
1: true. Where would we be without her? Where would we be? Exactly. So you have four main components to this. You have your real-time parking app. You have the green smart connected city platform, the Parkston city platform. You have a cloud solution and you have the park token. So if you could maybe talk about real quick about the technology behind it, and you've already mentioned the app is already working. You already have rolled this out in the Netherlands. Like how far along is your complete solution today?
4: Well, uh, we wanted to start with the whole platform after we finished the ICO, but you know how developers are. Uh, they get bored really fast, and they want to do stuff. So we already have the IoT devices ready and connected. We don't have a 20,000 or 100,000 of these things in, in storage, but the technology is already implemented. The software-as-a-service uh, uh, solution in the cloud is already there. But we're still working on a couple of uh, micro APIs that we're building right now because during the ICO, we found out that uh, uh, other people want to connect to our city platform as well. Because if we help people park, then maybe there's other stuff that we can connect to as well, like electricity for uh, electric cars. They're all the uh, in, in Europe. We have uh, electricity uh, being subsidized, and those uh, electricity charges are subsidized as well. And uh, they want that to connect to us. So we already have three companies who say, "Can you add that functionality to uh, the platform?" That's so beautiful. So you pay for parking and you pay for the electricity at the same time. But uh, one thing we still want to uh, finish up is part for parking garages. Uh, It's really cool that we have IoT devices that you put in a uh, parking spot and make that one intelligent. But... There is also parking garages. Normally, you go to a parking garage, you're outside, the the gate is closed, and you have to pick one of these little uh, uh, pieces of paper out of the machine, and then it opens up, and then you drive in and you drive out uh, after paying for that little ticket. Well, what about you uh, get in front of the gate... The camera looks at your license plate, knows that you're a paying customer and it automatically opens and recognize uh, based on the recognition of your uh, license plate and it automatically starts a parking session for you. So you don't have to do anything with the app uh, at all when you get out. Our camera and license plate recognition sees that you want to get out, it automatically stops a parking session, and then it opens the gates and you drive out again. That part we're still working on, and let's hope uh, it's going to be finished in a a month or two.
1: And as a side benefit real quick on this, I think that you would always at least know where the hell you parked because, like, how often – how often do you park somewhere, and you're like, where in the hell? And I'm trying to beat my car. Beep, beep. Can I hear it? Can I hear? It? I have no. I, I thought I parked over here. That's why when I go to the airport, I always park in C9. <laughs> I always know where I'm <laughs> parking, as I that way I don't have to think about it. And uh, but I know if I come out of like other places, I'm like I have no idea where I parked. This right here would be really helpful to know exactly where I parked and how much I'm being charged for that.
4: Exactly. By the way, our app already tells you where you parked your car. Because if you start a parking session, it records uh, at the coordinates that you parked your car. So... And when you click on the map uh, icon on our app, it tells you a route, a walking route from mm-hmm. where you are right now to your car. So you does that work?
1: In, does that work anywhere, any country, or just in the Netherlands? Uh,
4: no, it works everywhere. We're not connected to all the cities outside of the Netherlands yet, but as soon as we are, well, you can use it everywhere. Our app Beautiful. is yeah. Our app is three-dimensional. Seems like the
0: so uh, the next we, step would be uh, when I'm ready for my car. You know, the smart cars. Uh, It'll just it'll come to me. Right. I'll boop, boop. And then, you know, the car pulls out of the parking space and, and comes and picks me up. That's what I want. That's what that's what I want. Self, too. Self-driving cars, right? You guys are so that's late. That's going no, so no. to happen. No, no. Think think about cars. it. That's <laughs> that is a future iteration of your app. Once we have these self-driving cars, you won't have to find your car. It'll find you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you guys are doing an ICO. Talk a little bit about the token and the token sale.
4: We made the PARQ token, and that uh, that token can be used as a utility token inside, of course, the app and uh, the back office system. But uh, it's mainly for us getting funding into our uh, project. So we're selling it through a pre-sale right now. And uh, with that pre-sale, you get 30% off or 30% extra tokens, whatever you want. Uh, and I, w- uh, I want cookies. We're trying- Can I have cookies? That's what I want. I, I You want extra cookies with it? You'll get but wait, cookies. there's yeah. more. <laughs> Not only
1: do you get park tokens, you get cookies. Well, he said whatever you exactly. want. I wow. mean, that's
0: the, my dream my ICO. Wow. <laughs> cookies.io. Well, it, it is
4: for us a way to reach private uh and institutional investors. And you know, the old way was uh, you go to a couple investment banks or you go to a bank, you get a loan. But nowadays, this is the way to get into uh, investments. And it's a lot better than the big investors or the the, the, the banks that you used to have uh, and you got a loan, they overcharge you with a, a, a whole lot of interest. But this way you get private in- in- investors and they help you, but they also are a part of your company at that moment. Also, they they support you. And that's what i really like about this i rather have 10,000 private investors than a bank that gives me x amount of money
1: love it i think it's great so are there any final things uh, that you would love eddie to tell you know our audience about uh, the the park project before we uh, before we wrap this up Oh yeah, um, well,
4: a couple of cool things that we're working on right now is uh, the cooperation with the Chinese and European governments. Uh, we just went to China. And uh, we talked to the Department of Transportation, Infrastructure, Railways, and Parking. And uh, they're very interested in our solution. So we had a great talk with the vice president of that department, and he wants to see if we can work together. So what did we do? Uh, We sent them a plan of approach and the executive documentation that we also have on on our website. And right now, we're uh, discussing how to implement our solution into a pilot city and of course these chinese cities are huge compared to what we have over here in the netherlands in the netherlands the big cities, Amsterdam is like 800,000 people. But over there, a small city is three and a half million people. So that's really nice. At the same time, we're uh, working together with the European governments and the European Commission. And there are two really big projects in the EU. It's the 10T project for digitizing infrastructure all across Europe. And there's the Horizon 2020 project that subsidizes smart city projects, IoT and blockchain implementations all across the Europe European Union, and except uh, uh, the the subsidy you get from it, it also gives you uh, a possibility to get your product into all kinds of smart city uh, uh, projects that are already running all across Europe. So that's really nice. We're already working with 113 different cities in the Netherlands, but
0: of course we want to expand global. So what uh, where are you guys uh, wanting to build your community is telegram the the main place people should come to talk to you or what
4: yeah we have uh, of course telegram we have Twitter we have Facebook uh, we have all the social media that is needed if you go to our website on wwwto com uh, on the top you will see all the links to our different social media uh, platforms. And we're happy to engage with all the investors and all the people who are interested in our supporters. So definitely get in contact with us. If you have any questions relating our project, go ahead and chat with us. Uh, And uh, we're always here
0: for them. You guys can go to their social and park it there. Oh, see what I did right there. Eddie, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Parkqtoken.com is the project. And best of luck. Thank you very much. You guys enjoy. Bad crypto Podcast. As the crypto world expands, there continues to be need for exchanges that are going to best serve those who are going to be involved in the buying and the selling of the cryptos. Uh, we've interviewed a number of different companies that have been launching exchanges, but the one we've got for you today is really unique in that their native token It is so deeply integrated into the functionality of the exchange. Well, I'm going to let him explain. The company is Digitex, D-I-G-I-T-E-X, digitexfutures.com is the website. Adam Todd is the founder and the chief executive officer, and he's going to explain this to us. Welcome to Bad Crypto, Adam. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And to be clear, you are not from Australia.
5: I am not from Australia. I've never have been from Australia. No. And I've never been to Australia either. But
0: you can pronounce it. I can. Yes. That's that's good. <laughs> yes.
5: Yeah, so um yeah, just what you were, what you were saying there, the different well the digitex token, it's it's an integral part of the exchange because it's you have to have the digitex token in order to use the exchange. You know, it's the uh, currency in which your account balance is denominated in, it's the currency in which your profits and losses are denominated in. So you have to have it, and that's what creates demand for the token from traders.
0: Okay, so um, so my, my first question then is why launch an exchange this way? What's what is wrong with the way exchanges are working that you guys have come up with this alternative uh, means?
5: Um, it's very simple. Just commissions. Commissions ruin everything. You know, I, I've been a trader like all my life. I was in the futures pits. I, I used to have really low commission rates, and yet easy, even as a professional trader, commissions just killed me. Because you, when you're a very active trader, as I was, it just becomes almost impossible to beat commissions. It's like a, a mechanical edge that's always working against you that you can never, you know, you can never beat. You've got to make a profit just to break even. So, you know, that's a huge break on liquidity when people have to always think about what they're going to spend to do a trade. Um, so what we've done, what we're doing at Digitex is we're just basically, we, w- we want people to be able to trade with zero commissions, just no commissions ever. But obviously, it can't just be pie in the sky, come by yard, yeah, everybody pays nothing. We need to pay the bills. We need to pay the developers. We need to make money. So instead of charging tr- um, commissions, we've come up with a way of um, using a token issuance system instead to raise money to, to cover the costs of running the exchange the exchange will issue a small number of tokens each year and sell those into the market rather than um, charging transaction fees on trades. And what that does is it it basically transfers the, the cost burden of running the exchange from the most active traders. And it, it transfers that in kind of like an inflation rate to all Digitech's owners. You know, Because obviously, when you issue a few new tokens each year, there's going to be a 1% or 2% inflation rate that everybody has to eat but by doing that that funds the exchange which creates huge demand for the token which you know outstrips the inflation rate so it's it's that balancing act of you know imposing an inflation rate on all digitex token owners in order to fund the exchange and then that exchange creates demand for the token which offsets that inflation rate
1: yeah, this is very interesting to me because I'm I am not very knowledgeable as far as you know stock futures and trading and futures and whatnot. Now, is that all? Is that just you? you is the Digitex platform solely focused on futures, or is it going to be able to trade other cryptos as well?
5: We're going to open version one. We're just going to be futures. We're going to have Bitcoin futures, Bitcoin against the dollar, um, Ethereum against the dollar, Litecoin against the dollar. That's what we're starting off with. As it goes forwards, we do have ideas to. start an actual crypto spot exchange, which will also integrate the Digitex token into it. So it will be completely free, but you would have to pay your commissions in Digitex tokens. And then later on, 24 hours later, you'll get a full rebate back. So it was actually free, but you did need Digitex tokens to do the trade. And so that's effectively creating demand for the Digitex token.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I I would maybe ask this then, because knowing that maybe a lot of traders aren't familiar with how futures work. Is there, you know, plans to create maybe some tutorials on YouTube or on the exchange for those newbies who maybe don't understand what futures trading in crypto is all about? Oh, for sure,
5: yeah, because our, our main market is not the, you know, the professional traders, the institutions, all that crowd. We, we're not after those people. We're after, you know, the normal guy who wants to trade futures that it's just it's a little out of his reach. He doesn't really know it. The other exchanges charge too much commissions. So we're after the millions of people that we know would love to do this. And we want to train those on how to do it because it is actually very simple. You know, futures just sounds complicated, but at the end of the day, it's just the price that goes up and down. That's all it is. It doesn't really, you don't really have to understand what you're buying. And so when I was a futures pit trader, I was trading German government bonds. I didn't have a clue what a German government bond was. It just went up and it went down. That's all I had to know. So, There is a lot of complexity around futures that you don't really need to know. So, yes, we are going to do a lot of tutorials, a lot of videos, and we're we're really focusing on simplifying the whole thing. Our interface is aimed at that, too, is just simplifying everything.
0: Adam, if you were going to explain futures to somebody who is absolutely clueless in the most basic terms, how would you explain it?
5: Um, It's very simple. It's just instead of buying and selling the actual underlying asset with a futures contract, all you're doing is you're buying and selling a promise to buy or sell that underlying asset at a set date in the future. So there's no actual underlying asset being traded between you. You're just trading promises to buy and sell that asset in the future. And so that's what keeps co- that's why futures markets are so popular amongst traders because it keeps costs down because you're not constantly having to deliver and store the underlying assets.
1: I really want to have Digitex pasts because I'd like to go back and buy the spot price of my like 2010.
5: Right. Oh, yeah, Yeah. yeah we, we'll look into that. I'll try, uh... <laughs>
0: You're such a pastist, Travis. You, you yeah, were yeah. once a futurist, but the future went by Not and them. now it's, yeah, it's in mm-hmm. the past.
1: I have a question then, Adam, around the Digitex token. So that's the the DGTX token. Uh Let's say over time that that thing increases in value rather substantially outside of your exchange, right? Because you're trading on a few other exchanges right now. Let's say maybe it goes from, say, 15 cents in January. Right now, it's like around a little less than two cents. Let's say it goes from two cents now and then it goes up to two dollars in 2019 sometime is that going to be a problem for traders since they have to buy digitex to actually use the exchange or maybe will that higher price of digitex will that be a benefit or and not a detriment to trade abdo- adoption i mean what what are some of the thoughts around it? is like the, the higher the price goes is is that a detriment i mean
5: um, well no the first of all the higher the price goes the better it is for the token issuance system because obviously if it was say it was trading at a dollar and you know we need Say, for instance, say we need to we need five million dollars a year to run the exchange. That's the full time development. That's kick ass marketing. That's that's everything. Um, then we would have to issue five million new tokens that year to cover that that cost. Um, on a total supply of a billion tokens, that's what that's half a percent inflation rate. So you know, half a percent. It would that the effect of issuing that many new tokens, the price would go down from a dollar down to ninety nine and a half cents. But it would probably go up from there because we've now raised enough money to fund the whole exchange for the whole year with no commissions. So the higher the price goes, the better for the token issuance system. Regarding traders, it wouldn't be a problem because if, if the token gets too valuable, then all we would do is we would drop the tick values. Right now, it's just one Digitex is one tick. We could drop that down to 0.1 Digitex could be one tick, or we could do 0.01. We can always adjust that very easily. So we'll, we, we want to keep it um, very in reach of the small traders. It's very much the small traders that we're after because there's millions of those guys. And they you know with no commissions, with no mechanical edge working against them, those guys are going to go crazy. The liquidity is just going to go through the roof. Um, so no, the, the higher Digitex token price wouldn't be a problem now.
0: So uh, unlike many of the cryptos that we have on the show, you are post-ICO. We mentioned that the uh, yeah. the token is already trading on exchanges. And uh, talk a little bit about the ICO. How much did you guys raise and how many tokens were issued?
5: Oh man, the the ICO was, we, we hit it out of the park with the ICO. We did a, a viral marketing campaign. We built a list of 250,000 people in two weeks. The two weeks leading up to the ICO, there was a quarter of a million people signed up for it. We had at one point, there was 3,000 people per hour signing up on the site. So, you know, ICO time came and it just sold out immediately. In 17 minutes, we raised five and a half million bucks. But the upsetting thing, I never thought I would be upset on the day that I made $5 million. But what happened was people just kept sending in money. It closed. We were sold out. And the smart contract had to refund another twenty million dollars of payments that were sent oh, in that we man. just couldn't take. I know. Have you ever refunded twenty million dollars? Never have. No, no. It's my, my heart goes out to you, Adam. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It was a little upsetting, but yeah. So it could have been, and that was just on day one, you know. So I mean, this could have been a you know a forty fifty million dollar ICO like you know the other big ones do. Uh, we didn't do that because we. Well, it just sounded a bit ridiculous for me to say I need fifty million dollars. I didn't need fifty million dollars, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really good it was a really good result and we, we could have got a lot more. But yeah, we raised five and a half million, um, and that was enough to get the development started and get to where we are now.
1: Yeah, that's great. I notice you guys are trading on a few exchanges. Uh Mercatox, BTC. That's they've got their O face on there. Um so <laughs> Oh no beautiful. you didn't. You guys are <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. Ow, ow, ow. And uh, so you guys are trained. So how far along is the technology today, and what does that roadmap look like until Digitech's future is fully ready to roll out uh, the first main net project? Um, the
5: development's going really well. Like six months after the ICO, we decided to, you know, kind of calm it down with the marketing. Because we, we got the marketing. We hit it on the, on the head, really, with the marketing. So there was no point in really carrying on marketing without, you know, getting the product right because without a product – Good marketing without a product, we're just going nowhere. So we focused on the development of the software. We built. Um, I, I was very keen on getting an in-house development team. You know, a lot of these exchanges and product projects, they they get these you know offshore remote um, programming teams for you know thirty bucks an hour, thirty five bucks an hour. And I'm not saying those are bad programmers or anything. There's just it's just not the same. You know, when when everyone's in the same room and everyone speaks the same language and they're physically working together, I think development teams that do that just, just make more, much better products. Um, I've, I've seen that kind they're of – They care fact. more,
1: right? They, they seem yeah. to care about it because it's not just, all right, here's another client project we got to knock out, and then we go on to the next one. they they actually are vested and interested in the success of your project. And that's all they're
5: doing. The the development guys we've got, we've got eight full-time guys now in Dublin and all they do is digitex. That's all they're thinking about. That's all they're talking about. You know, they're working together on it. Um, So yeah, the the development's going really, really well. I'm really happy with that. We didn't, like I say, we didn't want to start the marketing too soon because we didn't want to burn everyone out. Um, We started it at the start of this month is when we really kicked the, marketing into into high gear because we reckon you know quarter four launch we're we're set to launch quarter four which to be honest is going to be december so we've got three or four months to go to really crank the marketing into high gear so that we're not launching to tumbleweed you know and that's Mm -hmm. that's what's happening now the marketing is going is just going crazy
1: I want to hear about this viral campaign that you ran because you just said 250,000 people were already chomping at the bit to get involved with your ICO. How did you do that? That sounds really interesting.
5: Basically, that was um, a viral campaign where we said if you refer your friends, you get Digitex tokens. And what happened was the, you know, the all kinds of people all over the world got this link and were just putting it everywhere. They were sending it to all their friends, but then they started spamming it into every crypto group on facebook and twitter and all over the place we had this army of people just spreading this link around and it just went crazy it just there was just a ridiculous number of people signing up so that went really well so we thought right we've got to copy that for the exchange launch and what we've done is we've created a a waiting list for the exchange so we're saying the exchange is going to launch end of quarter four join this waiting list now and you know you'll be the first to get on it. And, mm. in, in, you know, and basically, the first 5,000 on that, this is the viral aspect, the first 5,000 on that waiting list get early access to the exchange, and they get some free Digitex tokens to trade with. And yeah, so-
1: what might also be cool is like you can be on the waiting list, and those who refer their friends to the exchange, you get more points to be able to get in sooner or something.
5: Yeah, that's what happens. You've got to refer your friends to get into that first 5,000 because with every referral, you get a point and then it's a point system. Whoever's got the most points is at the start of the queue. So you have to refer your friends in order to get into that first 5,000 and so everybody's referring their friends and it's just gone crazy. Like we started it this month. We've already got 65,000 people on the waiting list this month. Like we had we had 4,000 people sign up just on Friday. We got Twenty three hundred so far today, um, and we've barely even started. And it's not just the waiting list; our Twitter followers has gone from we had eleven thousand at the start of this month. I think mm-hmm. we're on twenty eight thousand now.
1: now. Are uh, those sort of KML type of you know know your customer type of? You, you got their emails and all that other stuff. It's, or it just, it's just an email.
5: This isn't. Okay. You know, this is just people signing up with an email. I'm not saying all the people on the waiting list are all going to go and sign up, mm-hmm. but. At the rate we're going now, I mean, I think we're going to get that waiting list up to a million people by the time we start, by the time we're ready for launch. Now, if only 10% of those people sign up, that means we've got 100,000 users on our exchange on day one, which would just be ridiculous. You know, the, the problem we're going to have isn't the tumbleweed. The problem we're going to have is just keeping everything running and keeping everything supported. Which, you know, yeah. which is a nice problem to have, but we. No, that's where
1: marketing to... can really come into play there. When like you got all these people on this list waiting, and then now would be the time to start educating them about futures. That way, you know, right. maybe like you're doing a drip campaign with them, like every week. Yeah. Here's a new video about futures. Then by the time your exchange drops, they're all chomping at the bit to start sure. doing futures because they're educated.
5: Absolutely, and we're we, we're hitting that list nonstop. You know, you sign up to that list, we don't just leave you alone. You're going to get a whole bunch of emails from us. You get our newsletter every week. You know, we're always sending you to our good blog posts and yeah, we're going to educate them on, how to trade you know what to do stuff like that
0: the uh, the website digitexfutures.com the token dgtx currently trading on a number of exchanges and you can go to coinmarketcap.com and type in G- dgtx to see all the places that it is also go to their website and it appears that you guys are building quite a community in social i see on telegram that's
5: blowing up this month yeah it's just blowing up it's gone crazy just this month we've had 12000 mentions on twitter this month which is up a- 2,200% from last month. Instagram's gone from a 1,000 followers to 13,000 followers just this month. You know, Telegram's gone up from 14,000 to 23. We've got 1,800 messages a day going wow, there. We've we got, yeah. we got three full-time admins in, in Telegram. We've got 24-7 coverage. Anything you want to know, just go to Telegram. You'll get an instant reply from, you know, one of our full-time admins. So we, we're really on top of the social and, you know, it's really paying off now. It's just blowing up right now. It's just the last week, the last two weeks, it's just started to blow in up. In case you can't
0: tell, Adam is excited and in legitimately <laughs> so. A founder and CEO of Digitex. Hey, Adam, congratulations on getting off to a really great start. And we are eager. Thanks.
5: And we haven't even started the paid ads yet. Just to, just to jump in there, we haven't even started paid ads yet. We're testing that this week. We're going to start putting our banner ads on, you know, the, the big crypto sites. Mm. Um, we've got, we got a new website coming out at the end of this month. That's got the very first screenshots of the software. So people are going to like that because it looks really nice. Mm. Um, I'm demoing the software on November the 1st at the Malta blockchain conference on stage. So that's, you know, people are going to see that it's real. Um, so th- there's just a lot coming up, you know, and combined with the social and the viral list, it's, it's just going to go crazy.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. You guys have a total supply of 1 billion DGTX tokens, current circulating supply of 700 million, total market cap of about 12 million right now. Digitex crypto is uh, 1.7 cents as we speak. And this is Digitex, not to be confused with office space in a tech.
0: Yeah, not, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Don't confuse them with that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No TPS reports here. Yeah, right.
0: that's right. Hey, thanks again, Adam, and uh, best to you as Digitex unfolds its master plan for a commission-free all right. futures exchange.
5: Thanks.
0: Hey, guess what? Those of you that listened to all three of those interviews today, you're the winners. You win. What do they win, Travis? They win Knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> knowledge.
1: You have now done some additional research. And now that you have heard about them, if, the, if any of those projects really interest you, go check out their website. Go check out their Telegram community. Go check them out on the ICO rating websites. Do some more due diligence on them. You know, just because they're on bad crypto, we don't say, hey, you must go invest in them. We say, hey, these are cool projects. Now go do some additional research on them to see if that's something that you like. And a lot of them that we've had on have been very, very cool and very successful. And so, you know what? Hard to say. Who knows? Nobody knows. As Mr. Joe Combs said, it all boils down to execution and um, rock and roll.
0: Yeah. And then come and talk to our community about it. There's two places, really, that you can join us and engage with other citizens of the Republic of Bedcroft, Cryptopia, the telegram channel which is at badco.in forward slash telegram and the bad crypto mastermind on facebook badco.in forward slash mastermind both are free and we'd love to have you in there to discuss these projects or anything in the crypto blockchain space or if you just want to come in and tell travis how amazing he is he'd like that
1: yeah just come in and say hey great question travis i like to hear that it's good
0: Lots of great questions still to come, and hopefully lots of great answers as we soldier on with this show. We're glad that you guys are here. Please remember to go subscribe. Push the button if you haven't. Grab your friend's phone and push the button for them. You'll be doing them a favor, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Until then, please to stay bad. Who's
1: back. Who's bad?